0: What would you do if surfing was taken away from you? And taken away from you because of pain in your body and it stops you for years where you can't surf anymore. But then to finally get surfing back, even though you're not fully recovered from the injury or the pain or whatever it is that's going on in your body, what do you do? How does that look like? And how do you find happiness and enjoyment in a change to your surfing? and your ability now that your body's changed. This is the story of John. And John is an Ombi community member, reached out to me. We started chatting and it came up that he was dealing with these different things and he'd had this story. And I was like, this is an amazing story, let's chat. I wanna really cover this because whether you deal with the same things that John gets into and have the same levels of pain, it doesn't really matter. It's the concept of how do you handle that process of being away for surfing, even if it's just a small injury or whether or not you are away for a very long time or you've been away for a long time. And even if you're just coming back, it's the key thing I'd want people to take away from this conversation is how do you manage that whole experience and how do you learn from someone else who's gone through it? Because most of us in this day and age have had some timeout, pain, injury, problems with the body, whatever it is, where we've had to walk away short or long? And then how do you come back? And if you're not performing the way you used to, how do you find that to be a happier experience and embrace that rather than get stuck in the pain of what is, what isn't, what could be, and what couldn't be? So welcome back to another episode of In Depth. My name is Luke Hardacre, and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body, and equipment. In this podcast, It's all about straight to the point tips, things that you can take away, implement into your surfing or things that change the way you view your surfing. So here it is, my interview with Jonathan. I'm going to quickly preface this that due to technical difficulties, I had to switch my mics. So the audio is slightly different from this intro because this is being recorded after the interview, Um, but I have tried to match them as best I can. So there's no bad audio, just it will suddenly switch and sound different.
1: Well, thanks, mate. Thanks for making your time to join me. Um, so I wanted to give a brief introduction to who you are. If you could give a little bit of background about this story you've got about overcoming arthritis and where your surfing was kind of beforehand and after that experience and how you kind of tried to find fun in that. if you want to put that into your own words?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, thanks for having me. Um, my name's Johnny and, um, yeah, I think in terms of overcoming arthritis, it's kind of can be a bit of a temporary thing. Um but having gone from a long period of arthritis kind of stopping me from doing the things I wanted to do, particularly surfing, um over the last couple of years, 2 3 years I've been in a period of time when things have changed and I've been able to really enjoy things and get back into it. Um been some interesting lessons in that. Um but it the whole process and the the fact that I suffered from arthritis basically derailed me in my kind of surfing journey at a fairly young age. Um, so I don't know, do you want me to kind of give a brief backstory?
1: Yeah, I think probably what I want to know just right now is how old are you now, roughly? I mean, you could say you're 29 plus however many if you want to stick to the 20s. But um, how old are you now?
2: And how old were you when you got arthritis? Because I look at you and I still think you're quite young. Yeah, it's basically because I shaved my head. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm just a naturally young looking guy. Now, I'm 47, but my philosophy is 37 forever because it's a a decent blend of not having the vigor of youth, but having some like sustainable level of fitness. Um, Basically, I was always fairly sporty, just kind of into everything. Um, And I first had suffered with arthritis when I was 17. And basically, I just suddenly got kind of, struck down, my knee knee swelled up, didn't really know what it was, and I didn't really get diagnosed officially at that point. So I had some treatment, had an operation, and then just kind of tried to crack on as best I could. Um, and I first got into surfing when I actually went out and lived in Australia for a while in the late 90s. So I was in my early 20s at the time, and um, and I loved it. I had so much fun. I had I had an incredible time. Uh, living in various different parts of Australia, but mainly Sydney, New South Wales, doing a few trips, just just soaking up, enjoying the lifestyle and just getting completely obsessed with surfing um, and really, really loving it. And it was just something that as soon as I got into it, I was hooked and I was like, I want to do this forever. Um, And it was actually when I was traveling back through New Zealand um, that I had real bad problems again With both my knees, and I ended up going to a a doctor in uh, New Zealand. I was basically incapacitated. I was staying in a little hostel, couldn't really walk much, and basically I I ended up getting diagnosed with arthritis while I was travelling on my own, which was, you know, fairly sobering experience when you're kind of young and you have these assumptions that you're indestructible. So um, from that point on, that really kind of took over. I ended up having a series of operations and basically being able to kind of. Sometimes do things and then having long periods of inactivity, um, and that was kind of unfortunately a repetitive story that anyone who suffered with rheumatoid arthritis, that that type of inflammatory um, arthritis, which is basically your own immune system kind of attacking itself, um, will will recognise that story of like flare ups, having to have operations, trying different medications and stuff like that. One of those tricky conditions that's that's very very difficult to do anything about and. You kind of go and see doctors and to be honest, a lot of the time they've got a bit of a blank look of kind of like, you're saying, can I try this? Can I try that? I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're just kind of thinking, well, I can prescribe you some medication, but there's not a huge amount you can necessarily do. So I found that really frustrating. Uh, obviously, kind of, kind of going through the prime years of my life, not being able to do some of the things I wanted to do. Now, firstly, I don't want to whinge. don't want to go into whinge mode. Um, There's plenty of people that are far, far worse off. But in terms of my own personal perception, I did find it very frustrating because I wanted to do stuff. I'm an active person. I like doing physical things, got a lot of energy, but I couldn't couldn't do what I wanted to do. My body wouldn't let me do it. Forward wind, a long time. And actually in 2019, I'd had continuous worsening problems with arthritis and I got a new arthritis consultant. Um, who had the worst bedside manner of anybody I've ever met. Um, she, I'm not going to name her, but she was brilliant. She was literally like the most unsympathetic, straight-to-the-point person you can possibly imagine. Um, but she immediately ordered various tests for me because I'd always had this focus on my knees and I was having all these problems with my, backs and my hip, back and my hips and all this stuff. Anyway, I got all these scans and it turned out I had a particular type of arthritis that had never been properly diagnosed. And I was immediately put forward for this kind of, you know, much higher level medication, immunosuppressant medication. And I remember this consultant said to me, this could be a game changer for you. So I was like, well, I've I've had my kids now. If I'd always tried to avoid medication as much as possible. And now I was like, let's go for it. Let's throw the kitchen sink at it. And unfortunately, then COVID hit and I was told you can't go onto this medication because it's too dangerous because of COVID. Um, and then... My arthritis got so bad, my knee sort of ruptured internally. It got so swollen, it it ruptured. and ended up with a big, big calf and a big ankle. Um, and they said, you're going to have to go on it. Went on this medication and she wasn't kidding. It was a total game changer. Um, and it's basically medication called biologics, where it effectively suppresses your immune system to a very high degree. So if you've got immune problems, there is medication out there now that that can do wonders. And it works with arthritis, Crohn's disease, all sorts of different um, areas where these new medications are incredible. So that brought me up to basically 2020, where I went onto this medication in the summer of 2020. And by that Christmas, I was venturing back out into to going surfing again after all those years. So how long is that time
1: between surfing and like, so I'm guessing you had a couple years of getting into surfing, loving it, and then being taken away from you. Severe pain. I'm somewhat aware of rheumatoid arthritis. I know a couple of people who suffer from it, and it's not a fun thing to go through. And then coming back to it, what's that kind of look like? What's the time scale there? And what's the
2: feeling of fun, love, hate relationship between it all? I mean, you're talking like over 20 years. And during that time, there might have been, there would have been a few episodes where I would try to get back into it but but one of the most frustrating things that that I've found and I'm sure anybody who's got illness condition injury is when you set yourself back you try and do something that's a little bit too much and you set yourself back and you kick yourself and you go what an idiot I've been tr- I've been trying to manage my health so carefully feel so fragile I do something I enjoy doing've and I've been I've scuppered myself again that that happened quite a few times. So I just ended up having to just back off completely. And it wasn't just surfing. It was loads of things that I liked doing. But surfing was always one that I was called back to. And if if I knew people who were going on a surf trip, you know, I'd feel that bite of like, it's another year, another year where I haven't done a surf trip, another year I haven't really done any surfing. And it was, it was always the same. I'd set myself a goal and go, next year, next year, I'm going to go on a surf trip. I'm going to get myself healthy enough to do something, do some, do some surfing and enjoy it. Um. So... It was a long, long time, a really long time, and so what I found was I ended up, I've ended up almost having to relearn, um, which is from a kind of just a viewing it from the outside. It's been quite interesting to see the certain skills that stuck there, and that and the other things that I just completely forgotten about, or i really had to relearn. Um, but what's in been one of the worst things
1: to learn then? Um, but what's been like the biggest thing that stood out in terms of like that's a great success, even after 20 years, and that's maybe a pain point?
2: Weirdly, is things like pop-up. Pop-up just just stayed there. Even though even though physically it was difficult, my body knew what to do. So when I when I'd suddenly had uh you know relief from pain and inflammation, uh it's it made me suddenly much more mobile than I'd been coping with. And so although I'm still a little bit Tin Man. It it made it so things like once once the arthritis was alleviated by this medication, which just cuts out all the inflammation. Bear in mind, my joints are a bit wrecked, but I still have enough there, and I've done always done rehab. I've always done exercise, and mobility training, like religiously, um, to maintain the best function I possibly can. Pop up just just stayed there, but but do you know what the other thing is is when I learned to surf, people didn't really have lessons, and there wasn't really Kind of coaching available. I mean, you know, if I think back to when I was first surfing in places like Bronte and Tamarama around Sydney, some of the Northern beaches and stuff, you know, you just got bored, maybe had some mates who were locals or whatever, and you just went and got on with it. So in terms of technique, you might be watching what other people were doing, but you just... I was chatting with a good friend of mine who was actually out in Australia with me, um, and he still surfs and and we kind of get together and, and try and do stuff occasionally. And we were just laughing, going, why did we never actually learn how to surf properly? <laughs> you know, we never we never went to someone who was an expert and went, can you just like tell us how to do this? Well,
1: I mean to interject and put my own story here, like I feel I'm not throwing shade on my dad or family members or anyone, but it it was that, like growing up in the 90s, it was like, there's a board, we're at Snapper Rocks, see you later. I'm gonna go get a wave. Like, good luck, I'll see you in an hour or two. Like if you want, there's the key under the towel. It's like that's how you learn to serve. It wasn't like, hey dad, do you want to like teach me how to do a bottom turn? It was just like figure it out, man. Like you're smart enough.
2: Yeah. In terms of getting back into it, I think, do you know what? It's about it's about managing expectations. So, for me, where I live, the waves are very small and crumbly. South coast South coast of uh, of the UK, uh, too far too far east for it to be decent, but we do get some waves occasionally, but it's generally pretty small and pretty crumbly. But, you know, I'll go out there in really poor conditions on a massive board and still have a great time, go out with my mates, you know, just, just, I appreciate it so much more. Um, and I think, you know, my expectations are not particularly high. It's funny, we were talking earlier about, you were saying about coming from living in Aussie surf conditions to living in Cornwall. And I'm kind of going, hey, for me, Cornwall is like a significant, massive upgrade. Um, Whereas you're kind of saying, you know, the places in Australia that, um, you know, equally as good, maybe some better. Um, So, yeah, my expectations are, I don't have these like ridiculous expectations. I'm grateful for whatever I can do. And I just think there's so many ways to enjoy the waves now. And there's probably, it's it's a better time than ever to be getting into surfing or to be getting back into surfing because there's so much more science and knowledge around it. There's a lot more accessibility. You've got things like surf coaching. You've got adaptive surfing. Um, you've got things like wave pools now. You know, it's it really is a different scenario. Um, and I just, I always look at it as it's catching a wave. There's, there's so many different ways that you can do that. There's always a way you can enjoy surfing and and if surfing at that particular point in your life which was certainly the case for me at certain occasions where it was just not an option to really be involved in catching waves just being in the ocean was still I still really enjoyed it um so so yeah getting back into it has just been dream come true really in the sense of when you've like when I was younger I probably would have been quite competitive about how good I am or what I can do um, whereas now I kind of just appreciate everything. I, I know I can't rely on like being super young and super fit, never, never going to have that. I've missed that. But what I've gained is a bit patience and probably just a bit more of an appreciation of, of how much fun it is.
1: So a question I, I'm like hearing this out, I think a lot of people will resonate just from severe pain. I think me, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I've had serious knee problems, And I have twisted knees, and doctors tell me you're going to have arthritis in your knee early. Like, you either shave the bone and it's an awful surgery, or you deal with the fact that you're going to have arthritis and you just treat it. Like, you build muscle, yada, yada, yada. And then there's people like my father's had double hip replacements. Like, you can't really get to your mid 30s, 40s, 50s without some form of pain and sport. And I think a lot of people in one way or another are struggling with something. Or adapting with something and understanding that that's, that's most people or a large variety of people and there's a guy a coach who who's just sliced his hand open and now literally can't like do much of his pop-up but that is a struggle just because he's had a weird accident in the, in the kitchen um and the mental side of this and the question i'm getting to is that um i'm curious a two-part question how do you view your surfing before and how do you view it after, in terms of like, do you think it's better or worse? And then to flip that question and say, were you having more fun before or after?
2: Really good question. Really good question. It's kind of multi multifaceted. So, if I look at my surfing before, I was just had all the energy in the world, you know, as you do when you're in your early twenties, um, all the enthusiasm. Not much of a clue, not much in the way of technique, but in terms of being like flexible, mobile, my arthritis was still only had only affected me a small amount at that point. I I could still do, I could, I still had a good, good amount of mobility and flexibility. Um, that has significantly changed. You can't have arthritis. I've got a type of arthritis called ankylosing spondylitis, which affects your lumbar spine and your sacroiliac hip joints primarily. And then it can affect like, uh, other joints like knees, elbows, blah blah blah. So, so sorry to interrupt. Your pop up is probably pain. My pop up is is pain to a certain extent, but do you know it's easier than paddling because paddling requires you to have that kind of like, what is it? Thing calls it the Oreo biscuit shape. You know that is tricky. Arching it's, your back. Yeah, yeah it's not back pressure. It's, yeah, it's arching your back, uh, bringing it, bringing your head up. That is the tricky bit. That's the hardest bit by a long, long way. Um, Weirdly, rather than so that, but that's very specific to my type of arthritis and, and me as an individual. So, so beforehand, um, you know, I was super enthusiastic, I was super excited, I, I had loads of energy, I was really set. Um, but in terms of my surfing skill, it was kind of fairly low level anyway, but just kind of like kind of instinctive. So, I was generally riding big boards and, um, you know, I like clean conditions. I preferred more kind of like I didn't really I wasn't really uh used to like super pitchy waves. Um, but you know, I surfed up the kind of east coast of Australia, various different places and, and had a great time doing and went out in a lot of different conditions. Say so I had a great big longboard, the mother original mothership, which was which was incredible. Flew off the roof rack, uh, somewhere near Cape Tree, Tribulation off our um Holden Kingswood. Did it
1: uh, helicopter the whole way
2: off the roof racks? Yeah, it tore the roof rack off. <laughs> the whole roof rack came off. And my mate had his little shortboard in a bag. My board just bust out of the bag, smashed to pieces. His would just like floated down gently and that. Like, board seems all right. Um, but but so, so in terms of my surfing ability beforehand, I was never exactly setting the world alight. Um, but, you know, That kind of enthusiasm and physicality of youth definitely was a benefit. Whereas now um, I I don't have that. And I'm a bit more, I'm older and I'm physically a little bit more limited. So I've had to learn more technique. And I'm kind of the great thing about it is this never ending. So I could never get to a high, high level. I could never get to a really a medium to high level. I can always learn more. I can always learn more. I can always improve my technique. So as long as I can maintain a level of fitness and mobility, there's always scope for me to try things, learn things, which is one of the things I find really fun and fascinating about it. Um, So in terms of my surfing ability, still pretty mediocre. Um, But in terms of the level of enjoyment, the enjoyment I had when I was first surfing when I was younger was just that raw, full of energy, bull in a china shop type of enjoyment. Whereas now I kind of more savor it. Like I really enjoy it. It's a real treat rather than something that I just sort of expect to be able to do. Nice. So I don't know if that answers your question, but um, I was fairly well, do you rubbish at surfing. So you...
1: Do you think you have more fun now than when you were
2: pre-diagnosis or pre the worst part of it? I think I probably do because I just appreciate it more. Like, you know, you, if you, you, you see the downside, you appreciate the upside.
1: And you're not setting this expectation that that fun is set by what you achieve. It it sounds very much that I'm just there and that is the fun.
2: Definitely, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do, now that I'm able to do it more, I do have a passion to improve what I'm doing. Um, And, you know, there's nothing like getting on a wave and and really enjoying the ride. And But it's partly about being in the right conditions. So, So, as I say, because if I'd never had arthritis, I would probably live in Cornwall or Bali, or you know, somewhere where there were good waves, because it would have been something that just grew and grew and grew as part of my life, but it kind of got cut out of my life. So now I find myself as a kind of like middle-aged surfer, getting back into it and really enjoying it and going, what the hell do I live here for? You know, <laughs> it's really hard to get the decent surf, um, but that's just the compromise that a lot of people make, whether it's work, settling down with families and all that sort of thing. So um, it's partly just getting- still?
1: You've still got holidays for surfing. Like you're telling me prior to this that you're going on a holiday to surf with your family. So it's still (laughs) such a big part of your life. It's there. It's just uh, probably what most people have is they don't all live by the beach. You know, ten-minute drives.
2: Yeah. And do you know what? One of the other things I've learned is you just got to take the opportunities. Like for example, last uh, November, I really wanted to go to Morocco and do do a little surf trip. I was I built up my fitness. I built up my surfing and I was like, now's the time. I'm going to go for it. And for whatever reason, the dates didn't quite work out. I didn't quite pull the trigger on it and I didn't go in November. And it gets like super crowded in December and I couldn't go because of family commitments, stuff like that. And then my medication stopped working in December. And I had about a three month period after that where I was just totally cropped again. And then I went on to a new medication and it's kind of brought me back in line again. But it made me so frustrated because I was like, oh, I should have just done it. Um, so I think there's definitely something to be said for just, you know, taking the opportunities when they present themselves because you just, you just never know where you might not have time. You might not be able to do it. You might have an injury. Um, so that's, that's a, a, little, was a little reminder to me that in your life, if you've got something that you really enjoy doing, You know, you can't be totally selfish all the time, but also there are things that you want to do. You do have to prioritize them where you can.
1: I'm going to go on a weird tangent here, but that's my problem right now is I'm not prioritizing myself enough so that after the birth of my daughter, I'm prioritizing everyone but me and, you know, being the caretaker, helping, supporting you know, working from home, I'm always around. So I'm always trying to support everyone else and recovery from birth. It's horrible and long, depending on what your birth was like. Um, but it's never easy. My surfing is suffering for that. And I'm at the point where I have to keep slapping myself in the face and be like, it is better for everyone else if I go out and make the time to surf and do these things and take opportunities like you're talking about. But that will also benefit
2: them because I'll be in a better mood. I 100% agree. Hundred percent, because you you know it's you got to people have got to put themselves look after themselves. If you if you're not looking after yourself, you can't really look after other people. And you know, as I say, you, you can't just be totally selfish. But if you make time for yourself and you encourage people around you to make times for, time for themselves as well, if everybody has a li- is a little bit selfish, I personally believe if you're doing the things that you want to do and making time for that and pro putting yourself, looking after yourself as, you know, as well as being considerate of other people, then it just puts you in a better position. Like, for example, if you've got a lot of energy and you want to do stuff and you restrict yourself from doing it, you're probably going to be grumpy. Like how, how you know, you, you're you're dealing with surfers all the time. How many people do you know who surf who say they, they feel like they're a better person when they've been for a surf? Probably most, a high proportion.
1: Most, I think. Just like even my partner for recovery, just that first surf back in just life changing, just to so like, yes, I can do it. Um, and the whole change in mentality and that's a whole other of conversation, that, you know, two men can't <laughs> really talk about, you know, that's a conversation for a woman to have, but to watch her and to come in and the level of excitement, just to be like, I've had my first surf post baby. This is my whole world's changed. Um, you know, it's like a weight was lifted from her. So it was amazing to watch. And yeah, I think most people I know, it's like, go home, surf, go chill.
2: I was just going to say, it's an in- interesting point you made there about, uh, if you're other half, that first surf back, yes, I can do it. I think that's a really valid point because, you know, some people make surfing look easy, but it isn't, it really isn't. It's so many factors. It's a difficult physical thing. It's a difficult mental thing. There's a huge amount of skill and technique involved. Um, so even d- no matter how basic or advanced your enjoyment of surfing is, I do think, still think there's a certain amount of it. It's just like, yes, I can do it because it's not an easy thing to do. You see someone who's never surfed before, you know, and they might look at a very basic surfer and think, wow, how does that person do that? So I think that is a, that is a very valid point of that. It's, uh, it's uh, overcoming a challenge every time you do it, really.
1: What was your first surf back like so this uh, is that you've had that game-changing drug <laughs> you're feeling much better so i i've like watching my dad have a double hip replacement wasn't fun yeah because he had so many bad expectations and was really keen to do it and i kind of trying to convince him to be like you can't do your pop up on land so how are you going to try and do this in the water and he's adding pressure and pressure onto himself so what kind of mindset were you in like were you physically able or not to do a pop-up and kind of and do most of the actions or was it kind of i can do it all and i'm just going to push through or i don't know if i can do it i'm just going to go for it i
2: think for me because i've always worked really hard on pushing the physical limitations by doing like x get up in the morning do mobility exercises trying to do bits of yoga and stuff where i can I've always done that through the good times and the bad times. So when the medication made this huge difference, I was able to kind of capitalise on that. And on land, I was starting to go, "Wow, hang on a minute! Now I can do this. I can, I can squat down past ninety degrees. Now I can bend my knees a bit more. I can do this. I can do that." So it just opened up possibilities um, that I could push on land. So. Funny enough, that might have actually been where I first came across Ombi, looking at some of the land based exercises, surf skate stuff, and this and that sort of stuff. So, so, for me, when I went in the water, um, I had a fairly good idea of what my physical capabilities were. Still pretty limited, but I kind of knew what I could or couldn't do. What I wasn't really prepared for was just dealing with proper waves. Well, not proper waves, but waves when you haven't surfed for a while. And, um, I remember I went to, um, it was Widmouth Bay with a couple of my mates and who were, who were similar, similar sort of age to me and, um, but had been, you know, surfing fairly consistently and it was, it was a decent sized swell. It was a big wide wood class is quite big for me. Um, and it kind of, I found it a bit of a shock to be honest, just getting smashed to pieces um i wasn't used, i wasn't ready for that i didn't feel like i was mentally ready for that um that that took a few goes of like winter swells where it was like the waves were you know it was a bit more of a rough proposition um but i think that's that's another thing that if you've had injuries and i don't know whether this was something your your dad experienced but it's a bit of a confidence knock because you're, you know when the conditions are a bit scary Whatever they need to be to be scary for you, which might be more or less depending on who you are, um, there's always a bit of uh, trepidation involved. But also, if you feel a bit fragile physically for whatever reason, it just ramps that up to to a much different level. Um, So I think that was the thing that stuck out to me. Of like, I felt like I was ready to do the movements, but I wasn't necessarily ready to cope with. It's a pretty strenuous activity. Surfing, let's face it.
1: were you leaving happy, fun, frustrated? What was that kind
2: of first couple surfs in like? The first few surfs were were in like really small, mushy conditions. So it was just like, oh, you know what? Like, say I can't, I can do this. I can, I can cope with this. I was just like, gagging for more. And then I kind of like stepped up a bit too much for level, and I was like, okay, that was a little, that was a little bit on the. Uh, that was a li- felt like it pushed me out of my comfort zone a bit, bit too far maybe for where I'm at. Um, and then it was just a question of just working, working my way up. But, um, the, the mental side of it is definitely an interesting one when you've been out of it for a while, because even if you're just surfing consistently and then take a break, I think it it's still, there's a little bit of a mental side that just, you're used to doing a certain thing. Therefore you have a confidence in it. Um, whereas, you know, you take a break from anything for long enough, you will lose your confidence in it a bit. So
1: that leads me to another couple of questions. Um, We don't know, we've spoken a couple of times, but I don't know you well enough to say if you're an optimistic or pessimistic or yada, yada, yada type of person. Does this sense of enjoyment that you're getting from surfing and just soaking up every minute into you come to you naturally? Or are you using any techniques or anything that you're personally working on to try and find the fun through your experiences? And, you know, obviously you've got pain to some degree and you've not got the best surf in the world. But you seem to be enjoying it. Then you know more people I know back at the Gold Coast who are pain free and surfing the
2: best waves of their life. Uh, It just it just it just happens. I mean, it's just like if I if I go for a surf, no matter whether it's really good waves, obviously that's a bonus. uh, But for me, that's probably mediocre waves for most people, or whether it's you know fairly rubbish. um, The enjoyment I don't have to. Really, make any effort to get the enjoyment because they get the enjoyment out of physical exertion, being in the sea. When you get a ride and just you, you get that feeling of accomplishment. Of this is quite a difficult thing to do, and even if you're doing it at my level, which is a low level, it's still you still feel a sense of accomplishment. It's still really enjoyable. Um, So yeah, it wasn't
1: really. Would that be conditioning from the twenty years and something being taken away and given back to you, or is that also a
2: personality thing that comes naturally to you? Um, it's, it's probably, I'm pretty optimistic. I'm, I'm pretty, I take a positive view on things. Um, quite possibly over-optimistic in some ways. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always the one that's sitting there going, oh, I think there's a decent set coming out the back and it's, it's not. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's partly a personality thing and partly, uh, um, appreciating from when you haven't been able to do something. Um, but interestingly, The more where I've had periods where there's maybe been better waves local to me or I've had more access to waves, I have noticed a little bit that you start getting a little bit spoiled and you start thinking, well, you know, the conditions weren't that good today or why can't it be like last month or last week or whatever? So, you know, human nature, that definitely creeps back in a bit. Um, But another thing that's been interesting is, uh, I mentioned earlier, wave pools. Um, Now, let's face it. It's not the same as surfing in the sea. It's not as good as, as being in the ocean and and surfing, uh, surfing in the sea. But for me, in terms of like rehabbing and getting back into surfing and building up my confidence, it's been really, really useful. Um, just because it's accessible and it's more predictable um, and you can kind of manage your way through it in a more structured way than you can just dealing with whatever Mother Nature's throwing at you
1: yeah it's um i'm gonna throw in a little side story here it's great talking interviewing someone else who runs their a podcast because you're asking questions that i'm already gonna ask <laughs> um so i don't have to say much yeah but uh i got a couple of questions around weight falls and coaching which is what you you've opened it up already for me um so john you run your own podcast i'm gonna add it into the intro for those people anyway but uh, briefly because we've just touched on what is your podcast what do you do
2: it's it's purely uh it's it's very it's much around my business um it's around procurement technology so it's fairly dry I'll uh, I'll put that warning in there uh, in advance it's probably uh it, it's a very kind of specialist specialist area but I think you know this is how you and I got talking per- firstly about podcasts and secondly about um wave pool coaching um so that's two two things that kind of connected two up our conversation that up. yeah uh, I, I, so with go. Okay. No, I was just gonna say, I think the thing that um I found interesting from doing a podcast is just do you know what? There's just interesting conversations to be had out there. And and normally I'm on kind of the other other side of it. But um but but I think, you know, having topics and just people talking about it, you never know who's gonna find it interesting, you never know who's gonna to relate to it. So yeah, know, I always just enjoy it.
1: Um so coming back to waveholes then, I have a couple of questions. The first one is that, like as you said, it is not the same as surfing in the ocean it is so different um but the thing that kind of like and th- this might be my ignorance of you know like my pain and what i'm dealing with is very minimal and it's it's i have a risk of causing an injury very easily that's my problem and then when i cause that i'm i'm out for a while and it's it's like i have to manage that but as a you know generally a normally healthy active fit person going to the wave pool feels more like exercise to me and it is like you're on a hamster wheel of just go 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 and i also take this mentality of like when i'm there and it's just me or it's just me with friends i know there's other gonna the other people who are tired and if i get one of the first couple waves i can paddle (laughs) battle and get the second one in the set and like i will you know push myself stupidly because then i get to the end of it i'm like (laughs) like what have i done this to myself for but my ignorance in this is that something with pain to some degree, how do they like, how does that feel, that hour long treadmill slog at the wave floor?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, for me personally, how I manage that is I just take it at my own pace. You know, if I want to sit out a wave, I'll sit out a wave. You know, if I, if I, uh, before I paddle back out, I might just, I might just stand there in the shallows for 30 seconds and let everyone else run for the double ups. You know, if I, if I feel, if I feel I'm in the right place and I've got the energy and there's a double up there and it's towards the end of a session. You know, I'll go for it. Um, but I think the, as I say, the interesting thing about it, in terms of trying to build yourself back up when you're coming back from not surfing, especially for a long period of time, or if you have those kind of health concerns, it's just that, as I said, that predictability of it. It is a hard workout. I remember the first time I did it, because I, I was like, it can't be that hard because you don't have to paddle out through breaking waves, but it is hard. And, and when your fitness isn't that great, it's, it can be pretty challenging. Um, but just that accessibility to predictable conditions where you're sort of thinking, okay, I don't want to risk hurting myself. Um, the, sea, the sea conditions may not be very good, or they may be difficult to access from wherever that person or you know, you're living. Um, it's just a tool. Do you know what? And when we're talking about surfing technique and things like that, I, can, I surf when I go to the weight pool. God knows if I'll ever actually surf it in the, uh, in the sea somewhere decent, but I've moved on to much shorter boards from going to the wave pool. And, and I would say that from a technique point of view, I've got nowhere near the fitness or energy that I had when I first surfed, but my actual technique, even though I'm not as mobile or flexible, my technique's probably significantly better just because I've focused on technique and I've had to focus on technique to overcome the physical limitations. So, you, think so in- you could from-
1: almost out paddle your younger self with better technique now. So for me to give you an example of this, Clay is not very fit. He is skin and bones, and I'm reasonably fit, but I'm not like jacked with muscle. Um, he'll out paddle me any day, and it's it's like he's got a jet engine running at the back of his board or something, and it annoys the crap out of me but it is just like he's better at conserving energy and that's something that I think I'm curious of is like yeah do you think you're better at conserving energy surfing smarter now with better technique than the bravado of a
2: young 20s version 100% of 100% better at conserving energy and surfing smarter whether i could out paddle my younger self that i don't know probably not but but in terms of conserving energy and you know not feeling like you've got to go for every single wave and um, actually you know probably being a bit nicer in the lineup, partly because of that. um yeah, definitely, but 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 the other side of the technical coin in terms of actually riding the waves, just the ability to um practice things, uh, as I say, has allowed me to have the confidence to move from getting back into surfing on a giant log to then moving down to kind of like mid length boards. That you can you can maneuver around and throw around a little bit more, and just kind of learning more about that as an older uh, you know older older person, um, that has been quite interesting. Um, and you know I, I I make sure I try not to go into kind of like you know analysis paralysis as it is easy to do, but um, the the fact of having more available content and instruction of how to do things, like let's face it, you can learn how to do anything. On YouTube these days, can't you? It's like, I needed to learn something about an outboard motor the other day. Boom, straight onto YouTube, found it out in three minutes. I can work it out. Um, that, that, and for me, access to a wave pool as well as the sea has, uh, has definitely been a significant confidence booster and beneficial.
1: Wow. So I've got a quick couple of quick questions for you because rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. It's not like, it's not a, a pain or an injury that you're worried about uh, causing, like you know, blowing your knee out. It's a flare up, um, and your actions can cause that. Are you worried about re-injuring yourself or creating a flare up when you're surfing? Is that something that comes into your head, or is it kind of like, whatever, just don't overdo it?
2: Do you know what? It always was before. As I said, I got a proper diagnosis in 2019. Um, And that changed a lot of things for me in terms of just understanding what was causing my problems. Like, I never knew why my back was so painful. I never knew why I had so many back problems because I thought my arthritis was just in my knees. Um, And I've had, like, stupid amount of operations on both of my knees. And it was just constantly, it was always my knees, my knees, my knees. So so understanding where that has come from has allowed me to take the best approach when I'm doing any kind of physical exercise. When I, when I used to do stuff before I had that diagnosis, if I was in a bit of a, a good patch and I was trying to get back into things, it was always the same story. Whatever I was doing, I'd be totally paranoid I was going to injure myself and it was going to be my fault and it was going to be whatever I'd done and I'd really beat myself up about it and I'd worry about it. Don't do this. Or I was slipped or I felt my knee twist. Oh, here we go. That's going to, that's going to cause carnage. Whereas now I realise that, you know, You sort of think, I've tried diet, exercise, not drinking, drinking heavily, you know, joking aside, you know, I've tried everything. For for my condition, when you take the inflammation away, that's like 90, 95% of the problem. So for me, when I'm doing stuff now, I know that, for example, ligaments and bones in my knees and back and stuff are damaged, but barring an incident, an accident that happens, if I'm fairly sensible, it's you know it's fairly in control because if my medication's on control of it, in control of it, that's always been the primary issue. Um, but I, you know, I know people who've had more kind of like physical injuries where they're like, all I'm going to do is make the wrong little move, and it's it's game over. And I think that's a difficult balance because you need to be trying to do the things you want to do, and there's always a certain amount you can do to try like for yourself, you know, building up certain muscles, doing mobility type exercises, and bulletproofing yourself um
1: that's 100% it if i go running it is really easy for me to destroy my knee just one wrong step and the knee kind of bends inwards and goes the wrong way and weight and joints and ugh, it's horrible um
2: have you ever seen uh have you ever seen the uh gone on youtube knee over Toe? yeah
1: yeah so i i kind of loosely uh was doing that basically it just came down to just build the muscles up around that whole knee and make it better and yeah as I said bulletproof it was take the weight off the bones and the joint and if something goes wrong make the muscle kind of deal with it. That's that's my rough understanding of how it went. Um and it's gotten better since I did that, since I was really focused into strength training on it. Um nine day difference in terms of running. But like running for ten years wasn't a thing. I think I played rugby up till I was 18 and from 18 to 25, no, no running. Like after stopping running and then not really, you know, doing different things. Uh, I used to work as a carpenter and being physical. Like I thought that was enough at that ignorance of youth. Um, and then I got to 25 and I was like, I can't run. Like if I quickly had to run for like some reason, it would, the idea of pain, like a joint just going in the in the knee, and I'm just like, no, don't want to do it. And then, yeah, through that, um feel much better now. I don't feel the mental pain of like having to go for a run, which is amazing. And that is, yeah, groundwork. I mean, it's,
2: another thing that I've seen um both in the sea and also I've seen it at the way pool is like people doing adaptive surfing. And I think that now, whatever any physical limitation you might have, there are ways. That you can do stuff.
1: So this is really interesting because I was going to ask you. So for you would be so within your rights to stick to longboarding, and no one would bat an eyelid. And there's this concept of like, our oh, longboarding is not fun, and it's not. And there is there's like so much. New. Like I could easily see you cross stepping nose riding, doing a different style of surfing. But you've also taken the stance of like, yeah, longboard, but I also want to get to a shorter board, which says to me you don't feel limited. By your condition at all. And it's, it's more now technique.
2: How do I learn it and how do I keep growing? It's, it's kind of something that I'd always wanted to progress to. So when I first started surfing, I bought this massive log. I remember this. I worked in uh, the Cosmopolitan in Double Bay as a waiter in Sydney, Cosmo, double pay. And um, some friends that I worked with, we went on a trip down to Jeringong um, and went surfing there. And one of the girls I went down with, her dad was a, sh- uh, dad owned a Shapers. Um, and I just got this board. It was cheap and it was basically, it was like a nine, three or something like that, but it was designed for a big, heavy guy and I'm not big and heavy. So I just had this giant plank and you could literally sit out the back, catch everything on it. And it was, it was, it was a brilliant board, but I always had, I always thought I'd like to, I always saw it as a progression to move to a short. I always thought that's more difficult. And I always thought I wouldn't be able to do that. So, so when I got back into surfing, I started off again on, um, my massive beaten up old log that I'd kept. Um, Not the one in ours, a different one. Um, And I was kind of like, you know, I was like, it was a bonus for me to be able to ride that. So I didn't really have any expectations of suddenly wanting to move on to short boards. And then as I really got the bug again, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go on a bit of a journey with this. And I'm just going to try some different boards. And this is where, you know, I, I I've done a few things where I bought boards secondhand on Facebook Marketplace and this that, and there's loads of people do it. But just trying different things, um, which has allowed me to gradually be able to use shorter boards in certain circumstances, and particularly in the controlled conditions of the of uh, the wave pool, have helped me to do that. And but but where I live locally, you're still better off on a longboard. But I've got like a secondhand uh, original PU McTavish fireball. Um, Amazing board, been snapped I'm in half. How of... they are over here? <laughs> it's been snapped in half, glued back together. But do you know what? I've just as much fun on that. Um, so, so I don't, I don't kind of see it either way. But for me, it was a challenge that I was like, I'd like to try and do that. Uh, for me, a shortboard, by the way, is like a six-six forty liters.
1: <laughs> no, I mean it, it's like for me, I'm not a very tall person, so a short board for me is like a five-nine, and then a short board for you know, someone who's like six, four, six, five, you start talking the low sixes, mid sixes and it's, yeah, it's really just depending on you and your body. Um, but well, I guess a couple of final things and it sounds like you're working on things and you're training and you're surfing. What is your training and your surfing currently look like? Like, what are you working towards? Do you have goals or is it still just kind of, Hey, let's just see what happens and have fun and
2: try something. I think with regards to my progression, I've 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 started. I wanted to move and try some shorter boards, so I started off with a. I moved to like a seven six, and then I started trying a few different boards, and I gradually brought the volume down. You know, doing things like learning to duck dive was a new thing for me. Having surfed long boards in the past, I'd never learned to duck dive, um, so that was a really interesting one. Um, but but I feel like I've got to a point with like the mid length board that I've got now. That's that's great. I feel like that's as far as I need to go with that particular experiment. Um, so I think the other thing for me is just learning to deal with a wider range of conditions. Um, but probably most importantly, I've got to the point now where I want to start prioritizing my life around being able to get to go surfing um, a bit more often. So so that is the kind of key challenge at the moment of trying to fit that into your life, which is why I said you get to the point where you're like, how can I end up living here? That's Pretty inconvenient. It is.
1: We said it also raises a question that I've been meaning to ask for this whole um, chat is it sounds like you have a good group of friends around you um, that they part, they play a pivotal role in one, managing your pain condition. And they're probably aware of it as my assumption, but also in being there for you in the surf, what kind of role has friendship and community kind of played in that kind of just enjoyment or getting back in?
2: Massive. Massive, just—I mean—that's half the fun of it, as far as I'm concerned. Is being out there with your mates, having a bit of a laugh, you know, laughing. You live where I do, just laughing at the not particularly good conditions, but making the most of it. Um, You know, apart from being mercilessly dropped in on the entire time uh, by them, which is just you know standard practice. um, It's 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 the thing that makes it. And so, both my friends that I go surfing with, and also friends that. I have surfed with, you know, like I said, my friend who was out in Australia with me. Um, You know, just being able to chat about stuff on the phone and he'd go out for a surf where he lives. He'd call me up. He'd be all stoked about it. I'd do the same. Um, He'd laugh at the fact the conditions were half the size where I live to where he lives. Um, But that, those interactions have been massively um, important. And yeah, just encouragement and no one's in a competition. It's just about having a laugh. So massively, massively important.
1: Yeah, it sounds like no one's ever put you down for what you used to be able to do or said anything like taking advantage that you may have less energy or you may be in pain and it's just normal standard friend surfing.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um firstly, I wasn't even when I was young and healthy, I wasn't very good at surfing anyway. So it wasn't too <laughs> much a of a comparison. Deep. But but you know what? Um It doesn't yeah, matter. Th- I think I think it's also it's possibly also an age maturity thing a little bit as well, Um, but we all just appreciate having fun.
1: Mm. So I guess the final thing that I want to ask you, which is just to wrap all this up and thank you so much for your time, and to discuss something that I think, in one way or another, a lot of people are dealing with some version of pain, and it's just what it is. And that's what would your advice be for someone who is either dealing with pain or has. Had to take time out of surfing due to some form of pain or injury, and is either about to come back to it or is, you know, in that process of being back to it, getting in and trying to find the fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not an expert. I can only speak from my own personal experience, but um, you know, pain at whatever level and whatever that person's threshold is is a difficult thing for anybody to deal with. I think for me some of the times when it's hit home to me have I'm kind of get on with it type of person. But the times it's hit home to me have been when the pain has been taken away. And then you go, Oh, okay. I was I was kind of feeling like this and and this is what I've been missing out on or this is the position I was in. Um so so that was that was an interesting thing for me of where I might have not thought or said particularly, I don't think I'm in that much pain. When you have it taken away you suddenly realize, oh, that doesn't hurt anymore. That that feels pretty good. It's a difficult thing to manage, and especially if it stops you sleeping and stuff like that, it can compound on itself. So, I think the main things I've learned about pain are don't underestimate the effect it's having on you and don't beat yourself up. So, whatever your situation, however much pain it is, and as as I said, relative to the individual, um, you've got to kind of be kind to yourself um, as much as you can and just appreciate the fact that it's any kind of pain makes your life more of a struggle. But, you know, there's always things you can do if you've got a positive mindset to try and kind of hang in there and keep keep a positive approach to moving forward. So, like you were saying about running, you know, if you can't run, maybe you can swim. If you can't, if you know, if you can't swim, maybe you can do some sort of yoga. It's 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 a question of the constant um, pursuit of making your mind healthy and your body healthy as much as you possibly can. Um, but I have to say, for anybody that's in pain, I do. I, I I've got. I, I I feel for them because it's not easy. And and I've only had, you know, a limited amount of pain. For some people, you know, they're just in pain constantly, horrendous pain. So, um, and people will will say to a lot of people who are, you know, if someone's in pain, they'll say, "I don't know how you cope." What choice? What choice has that person got? They they've got to cope. They've got to try and cope, and it's it's difficult to cope. But when people say, "I don't know how you cope," it's like, oh, "Well, what are you going
1: to do?" It is. The most annoying question, like I don't talk about this and I don't need to talk about it, but I'm gluten lactose sulfide intolerant. Trying to cook a meal for me at a friend's place is just like, people look at me and go, how do you live? And I'm just like, oh, I'm on the fun free diet. And it's just like, ha, 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 ha. And it's like, man, just like, you know, that's my every day, like I, I just get on with it. I don't have a problem with food. I just find ways to, to deal with what my scenario is. And yeah, and I find I can easily resonate that, that in you know in different ways. When people are like, "How do you live?" and you're like, "Well, I got no choice. Like, that, that, that's yeah. it."
2: I mean, I I, I myself uh, used to call it the "no fun" plan, where I was trying different diets and you know completely cutting out alcohol and any kind of fun whatsoever. It's but you know, and and now as I say, there's so much more information around. Unfortunately, on the internet, half of it's a load of crap, but. In, in terms of getting back into surfing and getting that enjoyment back, even if it's just being able to get to the beach or to get someone to take you to the beach and to just go into the sea when it's calm, that is, that's, you know, that's, that's a great thing for somebody if they, if they're not able to do that at the moment to be able to experience that. And it kind of like from being on dry land to being in the sea, everything upwards is a bonus, really, as far as I see it, depending on a yeah. person's personal situation. Um,
1: gonna go roll back to one thing is this no fun thing and cutting out alcohol and cutting out all these other things i completely agree with you like but it it kind of shits me to tears when i have you know people who respond like you do and it's like well you're on this no fun life and it's like well consuming those things like if i have beer wine or cider it makes me horribly ill like the thought of having a night out drinking on that isn't fun the idea of waking up at five AM and feeling amazing and going for a surf or exercising or doing something else—that is far outweighs the fun of doing something negative for myself. So when people they're looking at something through a really different perspective, and when you're someone going through pain, change something else that isn't normal to other people, they don't understand what's fun for you or what's good for you and what's a positive thing. And it, kind of to summarise what you were saying before about what advice you give to someone else, it kind of sounds like. Work with yourself, not against yourself. You
2: know what to Hundred percent, and it's whatever gets you closer to the things that you want to do in your life, and and even if that ends up being a modified version of the things that you want to do in your life, you can still get. I, in my experience, you can still get a great feeling of accomplishment from being able to do the things that maybe you couldn't do, but the things that you want to do at whatever level that may be. If there's, you know, it's where the fun is, and And if you've got to make some sacrifices, whatever they may may be, to get you closer to your goals, be able to do that, it's so worth it.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time, Johnny. Really appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing holiday down to Cornwall and get some good ways. Um, It's a shame that we'll be missing each other while you're coming down the coast I'm going up the coast, but maybe one day we'll link up or at the Waypool. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Pleasure to chat
2: to you. I appreciate you having me on and uh, yeah. Good luck with everything. I really appreciate what, what you and, and the rest of the guys are doing and uh I enjoy the content. So so keep it coming.